This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecost Hornets Church, November the 28th, 2021. Senior Pastor Reverend Jerry Barbie bringing the morning message today. The end is nearing. We'll start off with the praise team singing Saved by Grace. Saved by Grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life and my sins are washed away. Saved by grace, I've been saved by grace. It's not what I deserve, but I'm saved by grace. Saved by grace, I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life. Washed away, saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. It's not what I deserve, but I'm saved by grace. Saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life. what we deserve but thank God we're saved by grace amen, amen. Woo. we're going to go right to another song you are good Yeah. 
Somebody praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My BC is so desired. Children's Church, I believe, is going to the back. Let's <coughs> see, I forgot. You guys that decorated the church, we appreciate you doing a great job. I was with my family Friday and it never crossed my mind until yesterday. I said, ooh, I was supposed to maybe help decorate the church Friday night, but I forgot it. I missed it. But you've done a great job. Better job than I could do. But I'm not a decorator. <laughs> Somebody just say praise the Lord again. We worship you, hallelujah. We worship you for you, for who you are. How many worship God for who he is? Amen. This morning, if you got your Bibles, I'm going first of all to the book of Matthew, and then I'm going back to the book of Genesis. <clears throat> I think we I talked about Gen, uh, uh, Noah uh, Sunday night, uh, a couple Sunday nights ago, and I think I got to where Noah, the Bible declared that Noah had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How I many is glad you found grace in the eyes of the Lord? Amen. But this morning, first of all, I'm going to Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, where Jesus is speaking in chapter 24. He said, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Our message this morning is the end is nearing. The end is nearing. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 38, for as in the days that were before the flood, Jesus said, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Now, Jesus said, as the days of Noah were, Jesus explained what he meant by the days of Noah. It means life is centered around the normal things, the eating, the drinking, the marrying, and giving in marriage. In other words, life will be business as usual. Business as usual. Reprobate, perhaps, but usual. The word reprobate, I want to explain it is literally a sinner who is not of the elect and is predestined to damnation. Also a troublemaker is what a, 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 a reprobate is. Verse, 20, verse 39 says, And knew not the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man. They knew not, Jesus said, they knew not until the flood came. And took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Though the people in Noah's day were warned. Noah preached to you as hard as he could. He, he witnessed as hard as he could. He told the people. He warned the people. He done everything he could to, to let the people know that a flood was coming. Judgment eventually came. Amen. To those who had ignored the warnings it came suddenly and unexpectedly, it might have been suddenly and unexpectedly, but they were warned, they were told of what was taking place, what was going on. Noah told them there was a flood coming. The same in these last days uh, would be also be because this world has been warned, 
The church has been warned and ignored the warnings, but suddenly the Lord will make his appearing and all the true believers, uh, let me say that one more time, all the true believers will do just like Noah and his family did and rise above all this corruption uh, and evilness uh, that is in this world. In other words, uh, be called up to glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we're headed. That's where we are. The end is near. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Now notice who Noah is. Notice what the Bible declares. Who, who he declares. Or they declare who exactly who, who Noah is. Noah was a just man. And perfect. You can't be perfect. Yes, you can. And perfect in his generations. Uh, and Noah walked with God. Now, Noah was a just man, a perfect man in his generations. This description of, of Noah is unique to him. Only, not only refers to the righteous life of Noah, but also the fact that he was yet uncorrupted by Satan's attempt to sow a virus among the gen genetic pool of mankind. Now if you go back and read where we were before, you'll find out that, that, that the, uh, the, the women uh, and, and, uh, and, and they, de they declare that it's angelic beings uh, that got with the women of that day because they were fair and they began, to have, they, they, they began to have children of them and all this kind of stuff. Uh, in other words, that was Satan's, that was Satan's goal. Uh, he was trying his best to create a virus uh, in the genetics uh, pool of God of mankind. Because he was trying to separate, get his group uh, and make, make more groups uh, 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 of him than of God. But what Noah did, Noah did not get involved in what was going on in his day. He didn't get involved in all the things of the world. He didn't get involved in all the corruption. He didn't get involved in all the evilness that was happening. What Noah did, he stood true to, he stood true to God and God stood, stood true to him. And the Bible declares that Noah was a perfect man. He was a just man in his generations. What do you mean generations? Because he lived to be over 900 years old. But in his generations, uh, Noah walked with God. Can I tell you something today, children? If we're not walking with God, uh, when that day suddenly takes place, uh, as Jesus said uh, in the days of Noah, and when that day suddenly takes place, uh, you can rest assured, uh, you're going to have to be ready at that moment uh, because Jesus is going to resurrect us out of here or the day is going to be resurrected and we're going to be taken uh, in the moment in the twinkle of life, you're going to be changed uh, and God uh, will take his children home. But if we're not ready, if we in the corruptness of the world, in the evilness of the world, we will be left behind. So somebody say amen to me this morning. Amen. Verse 10 says, And Noah begot the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All flesh, all flesh. God said unto Noah, the end, listen, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence though through, though through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 
God telling Noah, I'm not only going to destroy human, the human race, I'm going to destroy the earth with the human race. Amen? That's what he said. And, and God looked upon the earth, and, it be, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Can I tell you something? Majority of this world today is in a corrupt situation because they've chose to walk that way. I was watching TV, watching news the other night. I, it kills me these commercials they have. But the commercials you see now is bringing all the corruptness together. They're bringing the men together, the women together. And I mean, they ain't just look at that kissing, carrying on in commercials, promoting something. Amen. I was watching all night and, and, and they, were, they were previewing this a TV program fixing to come on. Two men was, were getting married and one of them just said, well, we were meant to be. I know we were meant to be. So, and we're glad this is going to happen. They're going to get married and everything's okay with that. I got news for them. It's abomination of God. The same thing was going on in the days of Noah that's going on right now. Folks, I'm trying to tell us the end is near. We ain't got time to be playing. We got to get down to serious business with God and do what God wants us to do. Amen? But that's what's going on in the world. That's corruptness in the world. Lovers, more lovers of pleasure than of God. He tells us that. But let me tell you something. The earth also was corrupt and the earth was filled with violence. Do you think? We'll, I know America today is filled with violence. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you go, there's somebody shooting somebody, somebody killing somebody, somebody attacking somebody, somebody, somebody uh, uh, just doing all kinds of stupid, crazy mess. They're walking into stores now, just knocking the knocking the cases down, uh, and they're taking everything they can. They're robbing everything they can, uh, and it's okay if they don't get over nine hundred dollars worth. It's okay. I got news for you: if you steal one penny from somebody, it's a sin against God. But that's what's going on in the world. That's what's happening. That's where we got to get used to. What we got to do is we got to look to talk and be like, no, let's be a man, a just man before God, standing for God, regardless what's going on around him. He stood for God all the way through it. Amen? Because of the corruption of violence on the earth and the extent of corruption, God told Noah that he will judge the wicked along with the earth. I'm going to judge the wicked along with the earth. Not only would the human race be destroyed, but also the earth. And you know what John said in the book of, of Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 and 2. He said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. First, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Verse 2 says, And I, John, saw a holy city, or I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So what do you say? I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth. So let me warn you today. Listen to me, folks, by the way of internet. Let me warn you today. What you see now, you won't see after a while. Because all this, everything you see, all this, is going to pass away. And everything, I mean everything, will be changed. To God be the glory. This earth, as it was in the days of Noah, God destroyed the earth and all human race. Except for eight people. So what, Jesus, what John's telling us, I saw a new heaven and I saw a new earth. It ain't going to be like it was. 
I don't know if he's going to totally destroy it like he, like he did in, in, in the days of Noah. I do know this. He's promised us that there will not be another flood. He ain't going to send another flood by, by the way of destroying it. So what is he going to do? I don't know. The Bible speaks about ferment heat. And I don't know what all that's all about. Sometimes I, I need to look into it a little deeper. But I got news for you. There's folks all over this world. They hit the right button. There's nuclear bombs going off everywhere. And I got news for you. When a nuclear bomb goes off, my understanding, it destroys everything within its path for so many miles. I mean, if you're standing there, all of a sudden you know more because you ain't nothing but just a little pile of dust. The, the nuclear wars that take place could destroy this world we're living in today. But what's God going to do? I don't know. It's entirely up to him. But I do know this. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. And that's what I'm looking for. And I want to stand before God. I want to be, be a just man. A man that God can, can look to and know that he can have faith and trust in me just like I have faith and trust in him today. Amen. Verse 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make it or make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. He said make thee an ark. In other words, make it yourself, yourself. This means this was Noah's project. This is what God called Noah to do. He was not to simply contract it out to someone else or let someone else do it. This is his call from God to make this ark. Noah, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm so glad that, 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 that God chose me. And as Noah, I'm led by the master's hand and not by the hand of, of man. Amen. Aren't you glad God chose you, that you can follow God, that it won't man that chose you? God, God chose me in the position I am today. And I'm praying that God's going to help me all the way to the end of the way. When the journey's over, I'll be able to look at him and say, he'll say to me, well done. You've done what you needed to do. I don't have time to get into all the specifics of the ark. But what I understand, I just looked up and found out, maybe this can explain it a little better. This is how Noah shall make it. The ark was as long as a 30-story building as high, about 450 feet or 150 meters. Now, we took a trip a couple years ago down to, over to Kentucky, and we went to see the ark. And they're saying the ark was built just like the one Noah built. But there might be a few discrepancies there of how that one out there is built and how Noah built his. But I'm going to tell you this. That's a big, big, you can't call it a boat. You can't call it a ship. But let me tell you this. 30 stores, building is high, about 450 or 150, 450 feet or 150 cubits. That's how long it was. It was about 75 feet, 25 meters wide, and 45 feet, 15 meters high. What is described is not really a boat, but a well-ventilated barge meant only to float and not to sail anywhere. There was no driving force on that barge or that thing anywhere. In other words, what I want to let you know is 
After all, an ark is a chest, not a ship. This refers to the shoebox shape of the vessel. Shoebox shape. And I've seen pictures of the shoebox shape vessel. The ark, roughly the shape of a shoebox, was plenty large enough about the size of the Titanic, if you want to compare it, and had a cubit wide opening about 18 inches all the way around the top for ventilation. The ark had a ventilation of 18 inches, like those lights right there, all the way around for ventilation to get in. The ark was designed by God. It was also driven by God once it was afloat on the water. As I said earlier, the, 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 the ark had no driving forces. It had no way to guide it. It, had, it, it was just, it was no amount made it, and it was made to float. And that's exactly what it did. And God, when the thing began to float, God's the one that took control, and he drove that boat or that ship or that, that shoebox thing, or what you want to call it this morning, he drove it exactly where he wanted to go. Noah had great faith in God to know that God was with him on the ark and God would take him exactly where he needed to be. Can I tell you something? That's what God's looking for today. He's looking for people that are of faith that will believe in him, will trust him and allow them to take them anywhere he wants them to go. That's what God is. I don't have a driving force. I don't have an, I don't have a, a stirring wheel. I say, God, I'm yours. You take me, do with me as you please because I want to fulfill the calling that you've got on my life and whatever goes, I'm with you all the way, Lord. God's looking for people of faith. You need a healing? God wants you to get to the place that if you need a healing, you can walk down the aisle, come up here for church folk to lay hands on you. But before you ever get there and anybody ever lays a hand on you, you're already healed. God wants you to get to the place that if you need a blessing, if you need healing, whatever you need. If you're shopping in an aisle in town market over here, that is in town. If you're down in the aisle, you're shopping. Uh, somebody comes up to you and, and you begin to tell them to help me. Uh, I need prayer in this situation. I need prayer in that situation. Uh, I'm having trouble in my body. I need prayer. Whatever it might be, uh, what God wants to do is have people of faith uh, that right in the middle of a, of a grocery store aisle, uh, somebody can join with you and have faith together. And when all is said and done, uh, when they turn you loose, uh, you got what you need from God uh, because you got that much faith in trusting God. That God would do what he said he would do. Amen. If a miracle takes place today, oh my, people go crazy. What in the world? Why? Because not really respect it. But if a miracle takes place, people hear about it. Oh, there's some going to come for curiosity to see what's going to See if there's going to be another miracle. God's not looking for spectators. He's looking for participants. How you Huh? Say again. Yeah, Pacifa. Anyhow. <laughs> I asked Alexa last night, I said, Alexa, spell Pacific for me. And she spelled Pacific Ocean. I said, no, that's not what I want. I want you to spell. I had to put it, whatever it was. I finally spit it out. She finally spelled it and I was tired. So, <laughs> participators. Oh, God, thank you, God. God wants participators. That's what he wants. 
He don't want spectators. He wants you to get down in the field in the midst of what's going on. And he wants you to get down there and participate in whatever, whatever's going on in your world or somebody else's world. He wants you to participate in prayer, faith, believing that God will come on the scene. We pray for your son-in-law while you're that he will follow the Lord. Does he know the Lord? He does know the Lord. Okay. And, and, and I just pray because I believe there's a different culture there a little bit. Maybe some beliefs or whatever the case is. Yeah, you do. And some men are real strong. And this is how it's going to be. Now, I don't know if he's like that, but I'm just saying there are people. He's one of them. He's one of them. It's strong. It's me. I'm going to do this because I'm the head of the house or I'm the man of the house. And this is what we're going to do. You might as well sit down and be quiet because this is what we're going to do. He's taking charge. There's nothing wrong with taking charge. If you take charge the right way. If you sit down with your companion and say, look, this is what I feel like we need to do. And the companion says, well, maybe we need to. I've been praying about it too. And maybe the Lord wants to go this way. And then you have a fight going on. So who is right in the situation? If you keep praying and keep seeking God, it's all going to melt out together. <clears throat> that, block of ice that, you, that block of ice that you have there that, that, that is so strong and, and it's, it's there uh, and, and we got somebody over here that's got water and, and, and the ice and the water's not mixing. If you keep praying and keep seeking God and do it the right way and pray the right way and, and support one another, after a while that ice is going to begin to melt. And when that cube of ice melts, and I'm talking about that strong-headed individual, when that cube of ice melts, uh, what's it going to do? It's going to turn to water. And the water that's trying to mix with it is going to come together. And after a while, you ain't going to see no difference in it whatsoever because the water has come together. In other words, the spirits have come together and they're agreeing with God and whatever God wants to do, uh, then that's what they need to do. Is that all right? But well, we got some strong heads out in the world. And you have to pray about it. Now, the ark was designed by God. As I said, it was also driven by God. Once it was afloat on the water, Noah had great faith that God would take him exactly where he needed to be. You know if you will let God, he will take you exactly where he wants you to be. That's the kind of faith we need to have in God. Don't you know, I'm so glad my life or my future or your life or your future is not in your family is not in the hands of man. Are you glad of that? You're in the hands of God. When you become a child of God, you're in the hands of God. You listen to God. You follow God. You see, God said he chose Noah. God also let us know he chose us. I didn't choose him. You didn't choose him. He chose you. So wherever God takes us, it's totally okay with me. I hope it's totally okay with you. This is not my ministry. It's all about him. It's all about him and his. And he said, go preach. Wherever they may be will, be, will be okay with me. So I try not to get in the way of the Lord's will. I answer God to ask through God for my actions just as you do as you answer them for your actions. Now listen to this. Verse, 20, verse 22. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So he did. Somebody say all. Oh. 
all God, Noah did according to all that God commanded him to do. Now, thus Noah did. He did. That's what the Bible said. Thus did Noah, when given the, this uh, staggering job to do, Noah simply did it. We don't read nowhere. You don't read nowhere in the Word of God of him complaining or rebelling or either, even or disobeying God. What he did, he absolutely, simply obeyed the will of God. The word so he did cover an awful lot of material and years. So he did. For many, many, many years. He did. Yet Noah did not shrink from what God told him to do. According to all that God commanded him, so he did. That's what he did. The Bible presents Noah as a great hero of God. He was an outstanding example of righteousness. You can go to Ezekiel chapter 14, 14, you'll see that. He was a preacher of righteousness, according to 2 Peter 2 and 5. And Noah condemned the world by offering salvation in the ark that the whole world rejected. That's Hebrews chapter 11 and 7. And Noah condemned the world. When Noah started preaching salvation, when Noah started building the ark, he condemned the world. He condemned the evilness. He condemned the sin. He condemned all the corruption. When he took what God said do and go do it, he began to build the ark. He began to warn the people right then. He started condemning the world. And I can tell you this this morning, the world didn't like what he was doing. Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Noah was warned of something that had never happened before. His faith was shown in not merely agreeing that the flood would come, but in doing what God told him to do regarding the flood. Now notice, he didn't only, he didn't only, his faith was not only merely agreeing that the flood would come. The flood's coming, okay, I believe that. The flood's coming, I believe that. God said the flood's coming, Noah, but you're gonna have to build you an ark. So he didn't only just believe the flood was coming, but in doing what God told him to do regarding the flood. He was moved by godly fear. Can I tell you something? The fear of God has almost left the house of God. The fear of God has left the world. And I got news for you. The fear of God's coming back. And God's telling us now, with all the things that's happening, God's telling us now, the end is near. You need to get yourself right. You need to get everything right. And you need to get the fear of God. If he's not in your life, you need to get God totally wrapped up, tied up, and tangled all up in hell because in the end is near and you want to go to heaven today. Can I get an amen? amen? He prepared an ark. He didn't only just believe the flood was coming. He prepared an ark. Real faith will always do something. Let me say that again. Real faith will always do something. When we started the prayer a while ago, let me tell you something. Faith is what moves God. My situations don't move God. If I'm losing my house, that don't move God. Wait a minute, preacher. I didn't say God didn't care. I said that don't move God. But if I got the faith in God that regardless of what's going on in my house or my financials, if I got the faith in God, he said he'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. 
Huh? Somebody be looking at me strange. Faith is what moves God. How many know the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God? And faith coming by what? By hearing the word of God. Let me tell you something else what the book of Revelation says. Not only by hearing, but he said blessed are those that read. There's blessings in reading the word of God. God will speak to you in the word. <laughs> and it's amazing. You read it a hundred times, but it's amazing how that every once in a while, shoot, oh, I didn't see that before and I've read it a hundred times. I never saw that before. God reveals what he wants to reveal to you in the time that you need it to be revealed. He prepared the ark. I said, real faith always does something. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Yet in his 120 year ministry, it seems that no one was saved. Can you imagine that? In 120 years of preaching, in 120 years of, of warning, in 120 years of telling everybody the flood's coming, nobody, nobody was saved except him, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. That's eight people out of the whole human race. 120 years. Can I tell you something? We, the church, is doing the same thing today. We're telling people. We're warning people. We're preaching about it. We're talking about it. We're living it. We're doing what we know to do. We're telling this world about a Jesus that's at the right hand of the Father right now. And he's making intercessor for you and I. If he won't make an intercessor for you and I, I don't know what kind of mess it would be. But he's at the right hand of the Father making intercessor for you and I. And he declared, he told the disciples in the book of John chapter 14. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. <laughs> and I go and prepare. Mm -hmm. See, faith moves him to go and prepare a place for you. And where I am there, you shall be also. In other words, Jesus is telling them, and he told them, he said, I got to go. I got to leave you. And they were highly disappointed. We've been with you three and a half years. We've walked with you. We've been through all the trouble. We've been through all this. And now you're going to leave. He said, well, fellas, hold on. It's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, then the comforter can't come. He said, I'm going to pray to the Father that the Father will send you another comforter. How many is glad for that comforter this morning? What Jesus was telling him was, I got to go because if I stay, I can only be here. But if I go to the Father where I'm supposed to be, and I do what I'm supposed to be there. He's going to send another comforter that will not only be with you, but he'll be in you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll teach you. He'll comfort you. All these things he will do. That's, what the comfort, that's, what, that's who the comforter is. That's who the Holy Ghost is. He is the third part of the Trinity of God. So I don't know about you this morning. I'm glad the Holy Ghost is in our midst because if the Holy Ghost won't in our midst today, I'm talking about the world. If he won't in our midst today, you're talking about a mess. This world will be in a mess. Amen. He prepared an ark. Real faith moves God. Noah's a preacher. As I said, for 120 years, he, he, nobody, it seems nobody, uh, no one was saved. How encouraging can that be? You preach and preach and preach and preach and preach. No one. I remember when we first, when we got here, our first 19 months here, I believe it was 21 members we took into the church. 
And now we have three more that want to join now. So God is up to something. Verse 7, verse 1 of Genesis, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Notice what God's saying here. Come into the ark. I alluded to that in the last thing I was talking about Noah. When I said Noah, God didn't tell Noah to go in the ark. He said, Noah, go get in the ark. Nope. God told Noah, he said, come into the ark. <laughs> Come into the ark. He didn't tell Noah to go in the ark, as I said, but rather come into the ark. The idea is that God will be with Noah. He'll be with Noah in the ark. So he called Noah to come into the ark with him. I have seen that you are righteous. That's what God said in the word. I have seen that you are righteous. Noah spent the years before the flood in, uh, in, active, in active obedience. Uh, he not only believed God would send a flood, he obeyed what God told him to do uh, in preparation for it. Genesis 7, verses 2 through 9. Uh, I'm not going to read all that. It tells about the animals that are to go into the, uh, uh, also to go into the ark. But I want us to look at verse number 10. Uh, and it came to pass after seven days. Listen to me. All the animals now had come and gone in the ark. Somebody said Noah had, to, Noah had to go out and round up no animals uh, because I believe God himself uh, by, by hibernation and different things that was taking place, uh, God planned it just right. Uh, those animals came. Uh, Noah didn't have to run after none of them. Uh, they just came in and marched into the ark uh, and got where they were supposed to be. Some people say, I don't believe that. I can't help what you believe. Uh, there's no way Noah could have went out and, 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 and rounded up all them animals uh, and got them in the ark. There's no way Noah could have rounded up all those fowl there and got them in the ark. Noah, I'm saying God moved uh, and he worked miracles that day and they got in the ark. Now notice what the Bible says in verse 10. It came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. After seven days. Somebody say seven days. Seven days. That's a week. Seven 24-hour days. Seven days that the waters while the flood were on the earth. Noah, listen to me. Noah, the animals, and his family <coughs> had to wait in the ark seven days for the rain to come. They all got in the ark. Boom. You'll get to that later. Close the door. They're in the ark. They got to wait seven more days before anything happens. No rain, no nothing. Seven days. They have to wait in the ark. Seven. <laughs> now, They'd never seen rain up to this time. This was a real test of faith right here. To wait a week after, seven days after, more than a hundred years of preparation. I've got to wait seven more days. Why can't you say, I'm in here with all these animals. I'm in here with this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. I've got to make sure that everything's going right. This right. No, no, I don't believe he complained not one time. Noah never complained one time. I believe if Sham Ham and JPEP wanted to complain, I believe he'd just say, hey, hush, 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 you need to be quiet. We are in the will of God. That's where we are. Huh? Somebody shout, praise the Lord. And one thing I see in this, not only, not only knowing his wife was saved, but also his children were saved. All of them got on the boat. Or the ship, or the shoebox. Amen? This was a real test. To wait a week after more than 100 years of preparation. Ain't moved, ain't done nothing. <laughs> Noah kept seeking God. He kept looking to God. I know, I know it's coming. Well, we've been through all what we have been through. I wonder what this rain, I wonder when this rain is coming. 
Is it really going to happen? What's taking it so long? You know, that's the world today. What the world? Why am I going to stay here Saturday? Why can't I get out there and just, you know, then come back? That's the problem with a lot of people. I've done that myself. I got saved and I went back. It was taking too long. I didn't, I couldn't live it. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. You know why? Because I was trying to do it all on my own. I wasn't good enough to be saved. I was too bad to be saved. That's, that's, what, that's what the enemy kept putting in my mind. You, you can't make it. You can't do it. You can't, you, there's no way you can do this. So what I do, I walk away. I'm not staying here any longer. I got, I, got, I got to go away. But when I went away, God didn't go away. God kept convicting me of what I was doing and what I needed to do. And to God be the glory today. I'm glad that that last final time I listened to him. And I said, okay, Lord, thank you for saving me. I'm ready to roll. Let's get it done. Amen. Has it been perfect? No. Have I been perfect? No. I've made my mistakes just like anybody else has. But you don't hear Noah talking about all this stuff. When is the rain coming? Is it really going to happen? How long will it be? Why have I got to wait in here? I believe I can tell you that none of those thoughts came to them because faith doesn't work that way. Faith don't work in the negative. Faith works in the positive. Faith says it's all up to God when he decides, then it shall come to pass. It's all up to God. It's verse 11. Genesis chapter 7, in the 600, listen to this, in the 600 year of Noah's life, 600 years. Noah is 600 years. Somebody just had a birthday today. I'm not going to call her name. But she's not 600 years old. Sometimes we might feel like we're 600. But she's not 600 years old. She's 70. No, she ain't. I almost messed up. I'm sorry. But anyway, Noah was on his, he was 100 years. Was it his birthday? I don't know. But the Bible says the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month, <clears throat> the same day were all the foundations of, of, of the great deep broken up. And the windows of heaven were open. Listen. In the 600th year of Noah's life. In the second month. The 17th day in the, uh, of the month. The same day. The same day. Were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. And the windows of heaven uh, were open. Verse 12 says. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days uh, and 40 nights. The rain was upon the earth uh, 40 days and 40 nights. I might be getting ahead of myself. But I want to tell you something. Not only did it come down. Uh, the water came up. Foundations broke. The water came up as much so as it came down. You talking about a rain, a rain, a rain uh, day? For 40 days and 40 nights, uh, it rained continuously. When it started until it finished, uh, it never let up until God said, okay, now the rain shall stop. But when it started, uh, it's kept that, it kept that same pace uh, until it was stopped. Bible says in the self same day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth uh, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife uh, and three wives uh, 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 of the sons with them uh, into the ark. They and every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind and every fowl after his kind, every bird of, uh, of, every, of every sort. And, and they went into Noah 
Oh, they went unto Noah into the ark, two and two of the, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. Two by two, everything that breathes the breath of life went into the ark. I was reading, studying this a little bit, and the question was asked: How about the fishes and the water creatures and all that stuff? What happened to them? Well, some theologians say they didn't die because water was their home. Some people say, well, everything was destroyed. Possibility. But as I began to read and study a little bit, I said, you know, that could be a fact because he said, and they went into the, Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh Wherein is the breath of life? The fish, the creatures of the sea, and the creatures of water, their breath of life is of the water. They don't have breath like you and I have. The water is what flows, I guess, and gives them oxygen, whatever they need. In other words, they're not walking up here on the earth and the breath of life be in them. I may have stepped down on a limb there, but that's just what I read and what I studied. Amen? So, I don't know the full, 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 full effects of it. But I want to believe that when God sent the water, it just gave them a bigger home than what they had before. The Bible says, And they, they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut <clears throat> him in. And they all, and they that went in, went in male and female. Somebody say male and female. He didn't say male and male or female and female or nothing like that. It said male and female. Of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Now, went in as, as God had commanded. That's what it did. It went in as God commanded. This summary statement describes how everything was fulfilled exactly as the Lord has spoken. All things were ready for the flood. God would bring upon the earth. All things were ready for the flood. God would bring upon the earth. In other words, everything was done. Everything was ready. The ark was built. The people was in. God shut the door. Done everything. Everything was ready. Everything was prepared. Everything was ready to meet whatever took place. So God said, okay, now that everything is ready, the floods are going to come. Can I tell you something? God's looking at the world today. And one of these days, he's going to say, well, everybody that wants me has got me. Nobody else don't want me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to just turn Jesus loose, let him go, and take the bride of Christ home. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be the same way. Everything is going to get ready. Everything's going to be prepared. The Bible said the church had made herself ready. And when the church gets ready, that perfect bride that Christ is coming back over, you rest assured one thing, the Easter sky is coming or splitting and the church of, church of God, the church of Jesus Christ is going to leave this world and then everything else is going to be left to handle whatever the Antichrist has in store. A lot of people worry about the Antichrist today. Who is it? Who is it? Who is she? Everybody trying to name this or name that. Every president gets in the, gets in the White House uh, for the last uh, umpteen years uh, that I can remember. Well, they're part of the Antichrist. Obama was part of the Antichrist. Uh, uh, Trump was part of the Antichrist. Biden today. Uh, some say, well, it's just the Antichrist is starting now. That's what's beginning to take place. 
Can I tell you something? You don't know. You don't know. But I can tell you this. You can know when he's coming. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what day, what month, what hour, what year. I'm going to stand and tell you that. But I can tell you this. Jesus said, you shall know <laughs> by the signs of the times. And he's already laid it out for us. So let me tell you something. We're more ready today. Regardless what you see in America. Regardless how bad America is. Regardless how far down she's gone. I don't care how far down she goes. She's still the greatest country there is in this entire world. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people do. America is the greatest country in, in this entire world huh, that, you can, that you can imagine. Every country is looking to America. Why? Because America has favor with God. Look out, preacher. But I'm telling you the truth. America has favor with God because America was, was formed on the principles of the word of God. They're trying to take it away from us. They're trying to do away with it. They're trying to do away with the history. But I got news for them. They'll never do away with God. Because there's always going to be somebody just a remnant of people. What did God, who, what did God get out of the whole, whole, whole world that day? In that time? What did he get? He got eight people. And the Bible declares there were millions of them. He got eight. What did Jesus tell us? Jesus said, narrow is the way to get there. But broad is the gate to go to hell. And what I understand, hell is enlarging itself all the time to receive all those that won't receive God. So we're prepared, we're ready, we're almost there. The end is near, according to what this says. And when the end comes, it's going to come just like it did in the days of Noah. I wonder what those folks thought when they walked by and they saw Noah and they probably poked fun at him and told him he was crazy. You know, there ain't, ain't no such thing as rain, this or that, the other. And all of a sudden they go by one day and there ain't nobody outside doing nothing. They're all inside. I wonder what they were thinking. You know, what, what, what are they doing? What's going on? And somebody somewhere saw him when they went in. So they told him, well, I, I saw yesterday, I saw him when they went in that thing. And the door just automatically closed. The door closed. Noah didn't close no door. Sham, ham, jepath didn't close. That door just automatically closed. I saw him when they went in. And then the word spread it. And then I'm, there ain't no doubt in my mind. I ain't got Bible to back me up on this morning, so I need, probably need to be quiet. But I'm going to tell you something. There ain't no doubt in my mind that those folks <laughs> were walking by that ark. And they were saying to themselves, there's some crazy people in there. You know, it's like when we've heard of the stories of how people sold everything they had, give everything away. A, a group of people went off into the mountains. They stayed up and they were waiting for the Lord to come. And then the other part of the world starts talking about how crazy they are. That's about the same thing that was going on in Noah's day. These people are crazy. For seven days they sat there. Nothing going on. Except what they needed to do on the inside. They were taking care of things on the inside. And then all of a sudden, I can see it now. Then all of a sudden, they felt the earth move. And they felt something. Well, I ain't never felt this before. This is what Noah was talking about. This is the water 
that Noah's talking about. This is the water Noah was talking about. I wish I'd have made myself ready. I wish I'd have listened to Noah. I wish I'd give everything of what Noah did. Give it to God. I honestly believe in my spirit and my heart that's what was taking place. That it was revealed to them exactly the truth of what Noah was saying. And Jesus tells us in the word, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And beyond him, there is no life. Beyond him, there is no truth. He said, I am. And I don't know about you this morning, I'm glad Jesus said, I am. Somebody say, I am. Oh, glory, that's what Jesus said. Let me finish up here right quick. And the Lord shut him in. Noah did not have to shut the door on anyone's salvation. Uh -uh. Noah didn't close this door. Noah didn't block the salvation of anybody. He tried his best to tell them. He told them about salvation, about what God was doing. He told them how to, how, how, to, how to work for the Lord, how to serve the Lord. He told them all that. So when that door closed, I want you to understand something. Noah did not, did not shut the door on anyone's salvation. No, he didn't. It won't Noah's fault. Let me tell you something. There's coming a day that the door of righteousness is going to close. Jesus is going to come back. And we, when people stand before the Lord, they're going to say, Lord, so and so. They're going to say, you know that wife you give me? <laughs> I wondered if you really give her to me. You know, remember that husband you give me? I wonder if you really give him to me. But Jesus is going to say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. This ain't about them. This is about you. Man can't shut the door on salvation of nobody. You shut your own door. But Noah did not close the door on salvation. God did it. And the Bible tells us that God will not always strive with man. Huh? After the same pattern, it's never our job to disqualify people from salvation. We let God shut the door. I don't have the right to tell somebody that you ain't saved. Wait a minute, preacher. They're drinking, they're drugging, they're doing all this kind of stuff, and you can't tell them that they... they, they yeah, what I'm saying is, if they tell me, and I've had a lot of them tell me, I, sir, I, 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 I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But yet they're drinking and drugging, doing everything else. I don't have the right to look at them and say, nope, you're not saved. That's not my call, that's God's call. It's my, it's, it's, it's my opportunity to let that person know how much Jesus loves them and what you're doing is not of God and God's not pleased with what you're doing but it's not my job to say you're lost, you're on your way to hell and there's nothing going to happen. No, it's my job to say Jesus, he still loves you, he cares for you, he shed his blood for you and if you will come back to him, he will let you do what he wants you to do in his, in his, in his plan. That's my opportunity. But there's some people who look at people and say, hey, you ain't saved. You're on your way to hell. And if you want to make somebody mad, that'll make a lot of people mad. And they will turn and never come back no more. Because you're not the judge of their, of their life. God is. Amen? So I try not to judge nobody. I just say, hey, God, you see the situation. You know what I believe, God. You know what I think. But I can't go tell that person that. So, Father, there it is. You deal with it. You work with it. You straighten it out. And I'll do my best to be the witness I'm supposed to be so they can see you working through me. But I'm not going to tell them, nope, you're on your way to hell. Nope, I'm going to tell them you got a chance. He still loves you. 
Now, if they tell me I'm on my way to hell, I say, well, that's by your choice. But still, even at that, I want to let you know Jesus still loves you. He still cares for you. He still wants you. Amen? And the Lord shut him in. As I said, God, it's never our job to disqualify people for salvation. We let God shut, shut the door. God kept the door open until, listen to me. God kept the door open until the last possible minute. Wait a minute, preacher, you just told us. It was seven days after they got in, before the floods came. That was God's plan. That's what God wanted to do. That's what God needed to do. I believe God just let those folks know that everything this man has been trying to tell you and teach you is happening right now. God kept the door open to the very last possible minute, but there came a time when the door had to be shut. <clears throat> he kept it open. But then there come a time to shut it. And when the door is open, it is open. But when it is shut, it is shut. Jesus said in Revelation 3 and 7, he who opens the door, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. When God closes, it's shut. When God opens, it's open. I can't close the door. I can't open the door. That's God. You see, the ark the ark was salvation for Noah, but condemnation for the world. There were no second chances for those left out. God shut the door and it was over. God told them for a hundred years. For a hundred years, God told them they kept on with their wickedness, kept on with their corruption, kept on with their sexual conversion, perversion, all this kind of mess, all this kind of junk, all, all this stuff is going on, all this stuff is going on. And God said, now it's over. God's looking at this world today. And one day, he's going to say, it's over. The sky's going to split. Jesus is going to step out. The dead in Christ is going to rise. And we which are remained that trust the Lord, that live for the Lord, that, that gave him everything, we that are alive are going to be called up together to be with me. How that's going to take place, I don't know. <clears throat> Some people say, well, when I die and you put me in that ground, wh where am I at? I said, one thing, you're not in the ground no more. That's not you. That's the shell that carried you. That's what people see. They see that shell. That's all people know about you is what they see. But what they don't see, and what you understand is, your spiritual man, only he sees and you see. He knows the absolute truth. So I tell folks, no, Paul said to be yes on the body is to be with Christ. So are we already in heaven? I told somebody one time, I said, if I could die and come back, I could tell you all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Are, are we in heaven? Paul said to be yes on the body is to be with Christ. I heard some people say, well, we'll sleep in the Lord. That's where we are. We'll sleep in the Lord. I want to believe, as Paul said, to be absent in the body, to be with Christ. I want to believe I'm there. I want to believe I'm seeing mama, grandma, and grandpa, great-grandma, great-grandpa, whoever, whoever was right and saved. I want to know that when I die, I go see them. 
But if it don't happen that way, rest assured of one thing, somehow or another, God's gonna bring those spiritual bodies back and I don't know how he's gonna do it, but the Bible said the grave's gonna burst open the dead and Christ's gonna rise. I can't explain all that to you, I just know this. I got enough faith, like Noah had enough faith to believe what God says is exactly what God's gonna do and how he's gonna do it. He don't have to explain nothing to me. He just does what he does and I accept what he does. I just go on and move on with the program and let God be the God of my life today. How about you? So the ark was salvation for Noah, but condemnation for the world. There were no second chances. We are swiftly approaching that same time today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Can I tell you that God wants us preachers, us teachers, whoever we may be, to warn this world that is exactly where we are today. But as in the days of Noah, hardly anyone is listening. No, not many in the church world is listening. I'm talking about the universal church. No need to be all that concerned. We have plenty of time. But let me tell you something. The word says in 2424 of Matthew, therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the son of man cometh. In an hour as you think not. Everyone stand if you would. In such, in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man's coming. Where are we at today? We're at a place where people are saying we've got plenty of time. We've got all time with you. Everything's going to be okay. I'm not ready yet. I'm going to wait. Let me tell you something. You can wait if you want to. But if God, the convicted Spirit of God is moving and calling you now, now will be a good time to listen to the Lord and obey Him. When I was standing in my kitchen in Fayetteville, North Carolina, when I was in the military, I was standing in my kitchen. And God already dealt me. I already knelt in prayer. And I already gave it to the Lord. But I didn't make it. I backslid. I started doing things, not horrible things, just things I knew God didn't want me to do. And I was standing in my kitchen that night and I said, God, I know you will not send me to hell. And I felt the Spirit of God speak to me so strong. He said, son, you're right. You'll send yourself there. I said, oh. He said, you'll send yourself there. Let me tell you something else God told me. He said, I've already drawed you to me. I've already done that. I've drawed you to me, son. And you turned your back. So I want you to, and this is what the Lord put in my spirit, so I want you to understand something. I don't owe you nothing anymore. My spirit draws you unto salvation. You went and knelt and gave your heart to me, and you turn away. He said, I don't owe you nothing no more. But he said, but because of my grace and my mercy, and because of my love, I'm not going to turn you loose. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. It took a little while. But when I woke up that night, and my son was standing on a cliff, I was dreaming, and I reached out to grab him, and my fingers just brushed his shoulder, and I was hollering, don't move, don't move. When I got to him, he fell, was going down in the canyon. I never saw him hit. I never saw him hit. You see, because I made a vow to God, you give me a perfect, you give me a, a healthy child, I'll serve you and do whatever you want me to do. 
I got to him, my fingers brushed his shoulder, he went off the cliff. And I looked and I saw him, I never saw him hit, but all of a sudden I woke up, and this is what I was saying to myself, my woke up loudly, like I'm speaking right now. This is what I was saying. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Oh. There had to be a revival going on in Judas church. I want to remember the church or anything. I, there was a revival going on. And I went one night and as I was standing there in that pew. God just moved. But before then, I went to church a few Sundays. I punched Judy one Sunday morning. I said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, what? I said, I got to get out of here. She said, why? I said, so well, somebody has been talking to that man about me. And I know they've been talking about him because right now what he's doing, he's telling this whole church what I've done, what I've been doing. I said, I got to get him, get out. She said, no, just hold on, just take it easy. You're going to be okay. So then the revival came up. But God did let me know somebody had talked to him. God said, yep, somebody talked to him, son. But it won't no church member. It won't no church friend. It was me. I talked to him. Because I told him what you needed. And he obeyed me and preached what I told him to preach. That revival took place. I was standing with my hands on the pew. God was moving. He said, son, come now. Come now. I squeezed. You can see my fingerprints in it. He said, come now. I stepped out of that aisle. I walked down to the, to the altar. I gave my heart and life back to Jesus. That was October 1976. My son was born in July. October 1976. Seeking God, God once again came and he gave me, not only what he gave me, he gave me a whole lot more. Come to tell you something, what the Bible says, when you backslide on God, you're seven times worse than you were before. Cause seven more different demons is coming to you. You're seven times worse. When God said come, I came. And I've still been coming ever since. Brother Larry, I was a while, I still get on my knees and I say, God, I need your help. I need your help. The enemy's working hard, but I need your help. You know what God will do for a child of God? He'll give his son. And if God will give his son for a child of God, he'll do anything that that child needs because he's already done everything you can do. So there's no need to be all that concerned. We've got plenty of time. But Jesus said, therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man coming. You must understand that today is the day of salvation. Today, that's what Noah kept telling them, folks. Today is the day. It didn't happen. Today is the day. It didn't happen. Today is the day. It didn't happen. But, 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 but some hundred years, uh, he went down, well, they went down one day and Noah went outside doing nothing. He was inside. Now's the time to be ready. So if you're not ready today, listen to me by the way of internet today. If you're not ready today, why not come and now and let God do what he can do and get ready 
because you need to be ready when the Lord splits that Easter sky and he makes his way. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I thank you today. <clears throat> Father, I know the end is near you. I know Jesus is soon coming. I know regardless what it looks like, what the world looks like, what the church looks like. I'm talking to the universal church of God, Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Regardless how the church looks like. She is making herself ready right now. Been doing so for many, many years. And she's going to come together after a while. And I don't believe it's going to be long. The end is near. And I believe, Lord, with all my heart, the second coming of Jesus uh, is just around the corner. Master, I'm 67 years old. But I believe in my time, in my day, in my time, in my generation, Jesus can come back. No doubt in my heart, no doubt in my mind, Jesus, and I hear some people saying, I'll be bold enough to say it, Jesus will come back in my generation. Faith believing, knowing that all things are possible with God because it's going to come to the point, according to the word of God in Revelation, it's going to come to the point, Lord, that people are going to start praying, even so come, Lord Jesus. We can't take it no more. Even so come, Lord Jesus, come now. So, Father, I pray blessings upon these people today upon those by the way of internet. And I pray, Master, this morning, there be one, just one, by the way of internet, by, the, by those that are here this morning that don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or if they did like I did and said, well, I'm not doing this no more. I'm gonna just go my own way and do my own thing. Father, there be some here this morning that's backslidden and doing their own thing. Father, grip their heart this morning because today is the day of salvation. Grip their heart today. Father, let them obey the Spirit of God. Lord, and lead them to an altar prayer where they can give their heart and life to Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, you need the Lord. I'm telling you, the end is nearing. It ain't gonna be long. Jesus is coming. And just like in Noah's day, God's gonna shut the door. Amen. I can't shut the door on nobody's salvation. That's not my job. My job is to get everybody saved under the union of the Spirit of Christ. So if you're here this morning, I want you to come quickly. I'm not going to tarry long. I'm fixed to close it. I'm going to close my part of the service. And God can do what he needs to do. If you're here this morning, you want prayer. If you're here by the way of the internet, just email us. FaceTime us. Do what I mean, I don't know. Facebook, whatever it is you do. Just let us know you need the Lord. You're giving your heart to Jesus. And we'll be praying much for you. But if you want to come, I want you to come quickly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Master, you have blessed us in a, in a mighty way. You really have. We are a blessed people beyond measure. So Father, by all those that's listening by the way, by the way of the internet now, and maybe some that will be listening later on, I pray the convicting spirit of God will move and touch and draw on them if they don't know Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on 
on here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC, and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church, and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider or you can go to our website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.